Hey, this is Mohani Love from Let's Talk About It. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Joy. I'm good. I love the way you spell your name. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Sometimes people call me Joey or I think in French it's Joie because it usually oh, has an E oh. when it's in French. Fight so. sister name. She yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like I like that different little Joie thing to it. Thank you. Oh, thank I you. bet you growing up you were Joey with the I. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about it. What exactly do you do, Joey? I am an I am an educator. I'm an adoption advocate and um, and an author. I, I have a few of my books behind me that I my children's books recently came out, um, and I'm really just taking the journey that I've gone through with adoption and sharing sharing it with other people. I always say stop whispering and let's talk adoption because it's not something that we normally talk about. Oh. And when, whenever I present on it, it's funny because people always come up to me afterwards, oh, I have a cousin and they're whispering. <laughs> and it, it, it didn't dawn on me until about the fifth or sixth presentation I did. And I said, why are people, with, I just did this public presentation and you're going to come up to me and start whispering because there's a secret in the family. Mm. And sometimes they knew about um, relatives who were adopted who didn't know that they were adopted. But there's, there's just so many layers to it. And it's, it brings such shame. It brings guilt. It brings, you know, people are embarrassed. They're not sure how you're going to react to certain things. They're not sure what line to cross or not to cross. Um, so it, there's a lot that comes along with it. But I think if we start talking about it, you know, it, it's going to help everybody. It's going to help everybody who's adopted, who's an adoptive parent, who's a birth parent, who's connected in one way to adoption. Uh, and we all know somebody that's adopted. Grandma was always raising somebody's kids. Auntie might have been raising her sister or her brother's kids. And and what is that? That's kinship adoption. But we don't look at that as adoption. But we all know somebody who took care of somebody else's child. And that doesn't seem weird until you tag the word and add adoption or if it's someone else raising that child who's not a family member. And again, we just have to start talking about it so that people can find their communities of support, so that people can find out about all these resources that I'm learning, that I began to learn about. It'll be five years in January that I've been on this quest to share my journey. Um, it's, it's just so much information out there. And if people only knew. Well, I'll tell you um, to share 
I work at an all boy um, school and the, the where they slept was right up the road. So they were all kids waiting to be adopted. And I was one of the teachers who taught them every wow. morning they would come down um, wow. to the school. Oh, okay. And I'm telling you that I fell in love with all of them. Mm. All of these little boys and what it was was I always I'm a nurturer anyway mm-hmm. so uh, the school was in New, um, New Rochelle and we how to put it I'm kind of the uh, kind of teacher that go against the grain which means you know they're like okay well if if Tommy Thomas is having a bad day today just set him over there I'm like uh-uh Thomas is going with me out to the yard to get a basketball and I used mm-hmm. to sit down and watch them shoot that ball and go, okay, every time you get one in, you have to tell me what's going on, what you're thinking. And they would get it in and say, wow. oh, they would call me Miss D because my, you know, my last name is Dixon, my, you know, government name. They would go, Miss D, uh, I really miss my grandma or, you know, and then I would go and say, you know, I'm here. You know, you couldn't, I can't take him and take him back. But right. at the same time, I couldn't disclose information and say, right. you know, so I always had to stay neutral. I never missed a day of work. The dedication to these kids, I felt as though I'm not there because a lot, you know, I worked with other people who <laughs> looked at their job as just what it was. Exactly. I'm, I'm here to do my job. Yeah, that's Thomas sending them the crisis. Uh, take him up there to get his meds. I don't have, but that wasn't me. It was like, okay. I can do all of that, but I got to do it with love because, um, yeah, I felt as though these kids, you know, you gotta, you gotta give them love the best way you can, whether that's bringing something extra to work for them or, you know, I, I started a little eat lunch with Miss D thing and I'll go, come on, everybody got a picture like $3 a piece, let's get some pizza pies and we would laugh. I felt if I could keep them laughing and happy. Then that's that's, play, that's such a big difference. Yes. It really is. And I would go up um, to the dorms that they had them in. I like to call them dorms, even though they just look like mm-hmm. little areas. You know, and I would go up there and, and just talk to the kids. And I said, y'all, I'm supposed to be at the school. You know, that's what I was. That's who I was when I, I worked with them. So when I saw you, I was like, I need her because you're, you're the first person <laughs> <laughs> that I would have on my show who's an advocate for it. And mm. and um, listening to everything that you say, you're 100% right, people whisper. And I think the reason why the whisper is there is because maybe even when you look at TV, right? And there's someone adopted, it's always the family secret. Oh, we're gonna tell them. So I think we've adopted that like it's a secret. You know, if you adopt a baby, nobody wants to tell the baby that, you know, till later on. So yeah, when somebody dies, that's yeah. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I want to ask you. So, what led you to focusing on adoption? What What was it? What was your experience? Um, I was adopted when I was two months old. So, and I've always known. So, I've I've known since I was about I'd say four or five years old before I went off to school. 
and it was something it was it was a conversation I, I just remember bedtime stories you have your regular bedtime story and my mom would read the books so whatever the books were but sometimes she always embedded in stories about my birth and about my birth mother not being able to care for me and wanting to have a family family that was able to care for me and that that was them and you know she wanted the best for me so it was always painted in a positive light and it's something I always knew but just not something we talked about so it, it as the laws in our state in New Jersey were about to change and this is now I'm fast forwarding like 40 years when I turned about 46 the laws in our state were about to change but 10 or 15 years prior to that was all the debates going on in the news should adoptees have their open birth records or not should they be given their birth certificates or not um and then there were a lot of battles in the news and my dad would always give me my um whatever was in the newspaper whatever the article was that they were debating about whatever the legislation was proposing and who was against and for it and what their uh, stance was on everything so i always knew that that kind of stuff was going on um in the world but it wasn't until I got older that I realized there were actual people behind the advocacy work that was being done. Oh. So as the laws were about to change in our state, my dad presented me with an article that said, you know, you can apply for your original birth certificate. He didn't know that my mother, because my parents were divorced, uh, he didn't know that my mother had given me the same exact article. So I had tucked it away because I already applied. I applied in November. The legislation was changing in January and I applied, so I was just kind of waiting. I didn't realize as we got closer to January, I had found um, a relative a year and a half prior using DNA. Oh. I found her on uh, Ancestry, but she and I could not figure out how we were related. So I was introduced to the family on social media and all that other stuff, but she and I had never met and we couldn't figure out how we were related. So I told her, oh, don't worry about it. In January, you know, I'll get my original birth certificate and we'll be able to put the pieces together. Yeah. So January comes around, she's sending me a new year's message and she's like, do you have any news yet? oh wow it is and by that time it was the first full week into January I said no let me see what's going on so I went and grabbed the article both my parents had given me and it mentioned that there was going to be a celebration of the laws changing at the state house so I, it was in two days though so I found that and then I had to call the place to see if they had an extra seat uh, because it was a luncheon and it was paid you got to pay to go to this luncheon and the lady said you know there aren't any more seats left but you know, come on down, come on down. Just, you know, bring your own lunch. I said, oh, I have no problem doing that. <laughs> so I, I went on down and um, that was the first time I was ever in a room with adoptive parents, birth parents and adoptees openly talking about adoption. I had never had that experience before. It was something again that we just didn't talk about. So here I was in a room and folks are at this, this was the press release first. And so folks at the front were sharing their story and all I could do was cry. I was, I know whenever the documentary comes out, all you're gonna see me in the corner is just crying because I'm actually seeing people who have had the same struggles I've had for years. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, figuring out your identity, not sure if you were loved, um, you know, just, just fears of abandonment, all those things that never made sense to me, but were things that I felt, but I never connected it to my adoption. So to hear them say that, I, it just brought up so many emotions. Later on that afternoon, we went and had a luncheon. Mm -hmm. And that then was the first time that I sat down with folks who were just, just sharing their adoption story because they had been a part of the advocacy team who helped change the legislation in our state and other states. 
And I'm realizing they have been doing this work for 34 years. So I'm sitting there knowing in the next couple of weeks, I'm about to be a beneficiary of the work that they've done for 34 years, fighting to change so that we could get our birth certificates. So I felt convicted and I said, here I am about to be rewarded in a sense with information about me and my my birth history. And I've done nothing to help this movement. Um, so I, at that point, I, and I, at the end of the ceremony, I told the woman, you know, I really want to know who you all are. I enjoyed listening to people tell their stories. I cried all day. I cried all day each with each of their stories, the good stories, the bad stories. It didn't matter. I was just crying. Um, and that was the first time that I shared publicly how I felt at a, just at our dinner table um, about my adoption. And they just asked me the question. And at first I was like, how dare you? You know, oh. ask me about my adoption story. And then next thing I, I sat there, I was like, they just told, poured their hearts out, but they did it without any, it was just a regular conversation. And I said, if I'm benefiting from this and I'm finding out things that I never knew about adoption, um, how, how, how much could this help other people if we did that? And then being one of four black people in the room, I'm looking around going, okay, it's like 70, 80 folks in here. Wow. If we don't go out and, and say something and start talking about this, who's gonna get this information to our community? Who's gonna, so now if I hadn't gone to that event, I would have been relying on what came out of the press releases, you know, based on the legislation and the presentations that were given that day. So I was glad that I was there, but I was also, again, I felt convicted that I now had to pay it forward once I got myself together and, get, and going through all these, these experiences. To, I had hoped to one day be in a healing place like they were, to be able to share my stories, to let another adoptee know that, you know, you're not crazy. You do feel different because you are different. You know, your fears of abandonment are connected to adoption. Some of that ties into how you act in relationships and you're trusting or not trusting people. So all of all the things that I struggle with started to make sense. And so it, it, that's really where it began in terms of deciding that I can't be silent. And then as an educator, being in a school, the past few years, I had been coming across young people who were adopted. And oh. here I was an adopted adult afraid to tell them that I too am adopted and, and what I struggle with because there was one particular young lady who didn't look like her dad and the kids were picking on her and it was I had invited them over um, to an event at our house and because I knew her father and he was telling me this story and he was heartbroken because the kids now were bothering his daughter and um when they came to the house I pulled her to the side and told her that I was adopted and then I took her over to meet my father Mm -hmm. I said, so th this is still my father. He loves me and I love him, but we don't look alike and it's okay. And then oh, now I'm telling her this and her dad is standing there. I'm like, I didn't know you were adopted. Oh my God. So it, it just opened up. A, it was a freeing moment for me to see her light up after that. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be sharing my journey, um, putting aside whatever may feel like it's embarrassing. Um, to just help somebody else. And that, that's really been my goal with everything is just to share the journey. And, and then the flip side of that is that, that we have so many people who are interested in adoption, but if we can't talk about it, how are they gonna know where to go? Oh, how are they gonna know who to I ask? Have been, I and really so, have been interested. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I and, 
Mm-hmm. That's fine. And we and and now and one thing that's been big for me is that when I started going out and speaking, people would start asking me questions. I'm like, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and so I, I told the adoption advocates, the group, the legislative team, NJ Care that I was working with, I said, you know, I need to come to meetings. One for my own support to, to see how these support groups work and all that other stuff uh, to get to that healing place. But two, because I want to be responsible enough to be able to n- not necessarily answer everybody's questions, but to be able to guide them to the right resource because the stuff is out there. The information is out there. Well, Joy. So that's a big part of where what's what's been going on. So girl, now I'm waiting to find out about the birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in January, so January, that meeting was like January 9th. And I never forget it. It was a Monday and Sunday night. I sent my boss a text message. I said, I'm not coming to work. Um, you know, there's an event at the state house about adoption and I need to be there. He had no clue I was adopted. So I knew he was going to be waiting on pins and needles when I got back to work <laughs> on Tuesday to see what the heck I was talking about. Um, but so I went to that event then after that again I had already applied a couple months prior so at that point I was just waiting to get my birth certificate in the mail now the caveat was is that birth parents had an option to remove their name from from the to redact the name from the birth certificate so it it you didn't know when you were getting your envelope if it was going to have your birth parent's name or whether you were going to see a black line and nothing was going to be there. So when I got my envelope, it was extremely thick. <laughs> and the other part with redacting your name meant that you were going to send the medical information. So it took me hours to open the envelope because I figured if it was thick, that means she took her name off and she must have put in my medical history. Maybe she gave me that. Mm-hmm. And so once I finally opened up the envelope, I forgot I had ordered two copies of my documentation. So that's why the envelope was so thick. Um, and then I found her name. And what do I do? I go pop it in Google. I popped it in uh, Facebook. Up uh, pops a picture that looks just like my adopted mother. And huh? I, I was blown away. Oh. Yeah. My birth mother looks, they look like, they and look like mirror related. images. And it's not, not related. A, wow. But no. I now that I have seen that mm-hmm. people have adopted children and they look just like the people. Like it was meant to be. So did you right. reach, reach it, it was that? meant to be, but it was designed to be. That was a practice that was done in the 1940s, 50s, oh, 60s, was. 70s. Yeah, it was called matching. So they would oh. try to take a look at the birth parent and then match them with a child that possibly look like them looking at the birth mother. So they would look at the birth mother and then try to match her characteristics with some of the people, the family that was going to adopt this child. And the thought was, is that that child, if it kind of looked like the adopted parents, it would be able to blend better. So the baby would be able to blend and you might not know that the child was adopted. And, and that was a part of that. And that so you're getting ready to say the same thing. And it gives the parents <laughs> the option whether they want to share with them whether they were adopted or not. You got it. And that's where a lot of this, a lot of the secrecy um, began as well, because now you had that, you had an option because people would assume that that's your, your child. So when you look at my birth mother, my adopted mother, they do have, have very similar, um, they're the same height. You know, my birth, my adopted mother short. So being a tall person, I always assume my birth mother had to be tall because oh. I was tall. 
And so when I met my uh, birth mother and she stood next to, they were just like two little bookends on the side of me. And same, what, what same complexions. Inside? What did you feel inside? Like, I want your true emotion. What did you feel like when you touched the doorknob that she was on the other side of, or when you were just close to the area, when you saw her, what, what did that feel like? I, I'm a crier. All I could do was cry. And, and well, what happened was, is that I met her at her church. She oh. wanted to give her testimony. She's a preacher. I found that out when I Googled oh. her, that she was an associate pastor of a church. And as a preacher, what do we do? We share, we give our testimony. And she didn't want to be dishonest with her congregation. So she invited me to church and my family to church. And we went and she introduced me to herself as well as her congregation at the same time so everybody so, was crying every there was no sermon that day <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was beautiful then so it was really in that moment what was i first thinking because she, she we didn't speak when i when i got to the church i we sat on one side of the church she sat over there her sister came over and greeted us but um she i could see that she was having her own emotional moment so I really, at that point, was just looking. I was trying to size her up, but it was um, Black History Month and she had on African garb, so that didn't help. She had on the headpiece and the, all the, you know, so I really couldn't tell her her stature. Um, I, I could really just see her face. So I was really focusing on her mannerisms. Uh, you know, but what was like me? What 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 were some, some things she did as she moved about the room that were similar to me? So at that point, I was just sizing up, you know, everything about her and then listening to her when she spoke and then when she sang and my dad leaned in and said you know that's where you get your voice from and I'm like wow so then when I when she gave her testimony the way that she puts words together it, there were just so many similarities it was just it was it was a very emotional very emotional and, and, and that's when the support groups came in handy because then I could go back to those meetings and say this is what I felt this is what's bothering me this is what's great this is what I'm challenged with and then you you're in a room where you have other adoptees birth parents and um, adoptive parents who can say that's normal joy they they had me reading books um you know these are some things that you would feel these are some things that are you're going to experience while you're there it's going to be a lot of staring going on so preparing me in advance really helped but also having a support group after i was into all of this was very important and if anybody's going through a search and reunion um i highly suggest that and that's for the audience you hear that i mean this is an experience that I'm sure many people have been curious about because I, I even have been curious. I worked with, you know, children waiting for homes. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Um, it's something that I was just, as a matter of fact, discussing with someone. I often wonder, and I feel like if this is not a law, it should be. I feel if there are multiples, like a brother and sister, twins or they shouldn't be split up when it comes to adoption. And I've always said, if I if I ever went to adopt a child and they had a brother and sister, I'd be like, well, I gotta take them all. Like I couldn't see yeah. me saying, well, no, I just wanted one this age. I don't want, you know, is there- And there, there are some people that do, and then, then there's some people that, you know, feel that they can only take one. And sometimes oh. there's, there's siblings that come along over time. You can have one child and next thing you know, that birth mother may have had another child. And then that child at times can be presented to the family who has the first child to say, 
would you also take that child? Sometimes I think those um, situations may be a little easier for folks because you're bringing in a new child over time versus right. you know, adopting or taking in foster kids the two and three at a time. That That's a lot for some families. And and that that is really, from what I understand, a push to try to keep children together. Wow, I figured that. And that's something that I think, you know, um, the foster community should just add a little bit too because to split you know like brothers and sisters that's like mm -hmm. oh. so yeah. did your situation leave you into all of these wonderful books behind you they are beautiful let's thank talk you thank you the, the memoir is where i started finding joy a true story of faith family and love it um really is just that you on the cover that's me on the cover. My granddaughter think it, thinks it's her. <laughs> but that is me and my baby picture. Um, but it, it touches on my adoption journey. It touches on the challenges I've had through a difficult marriage that um, I now know some of the choices that I made were because of my fears of abandonment, of being by myself, thinking that I wasn't lovable or wasn't enough. Um, and some of those struggles that come along, I now know with adoption. Uh, that that I just made the wrong choices thinking that, you know, I didn't want people to leave me. So I stayed in, in re unhealthy relationships that just didn't work. Uh, relationships are a big part of, uh, of the book. Um, parenting and parenting decisions are a part of the book. Uh, but mm -hmm. it's really about my adoption journey, finding family, and then um, leaving that marriage find being open again to new love and and being accepting of, of realizing that i'm worthy i am enough and that I, I deserve better so it's all those things along the journey that um really take place in the memoir and with the memoir that was first finding joy then i have um choosing joy <laughs> and i wanted that book to be to introduce the word adoption to young people nice and i wanted um the character joy to tell her her story uh in a way as as kids often do being an educator sometimes kids are challenged sometimes kids are not very nice um, and sometimes they'll say things to get under each other's skin whatever they can think is going to upset you and i wanted her to go through in the story go through some of those experiences but then kind of turn the tables and realize that you can be okay saying that you're adopted and, and sharing your journey because you're not going to be the only one. Wow. Um, a lot of people are being raised by grandparents, are being raised by aunts and uncles. Um, and it's the, and that's actually the same thing. It's just no yeah, age you know, there. Exactly. So, right, like, you know, right. It's, it's funny because um, even even with my kids and my sister kids, we get my parents basically raised them. We went to work, we got them at night. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? You, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's the same thing. And so I do understand, yeah. understand that concept. And, yeah, and it's, for me, it's about pushing the idea for young people to understand that family is family. If, how many of us have family that's not even blood related, but they, they're close <laughs> to more some of the folks in your family? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're easy, we're quick to accept that aunt or that uncle. So, you know, people young people should understand that whoever i identify as my family if you're my friend and you're around me you need to accept that as my family as, as well regardless of that there is no you know family dynamics have just changed yes, and as they're changing over time being more accepting of that 
it is what it is. And we talk about everything else under the sun. Let's start talking about adoption. Because if we start talking about it with our young people, it kind of opens the door up for the older folks to start being a bit more comfortable. Yeah. Um, but we have a long ways to go. And with, the third book was uh, Singing with Joy. Yeah, sing, oh. the third book was Singing with Joy. Uh, and I wanted that to be, to pay homage to, again, my, my birth mother and my adoptive father sings. So how music has played a part in our lives, but also how she began to use her voice, um, you know, to, to talk about different types of families. And so with the two books, I created some lesson plans and some coloring sheets, oh, wow. just some things so that, so that educate, especially as educators, these books should be in, in your school libraries. Uh, again, we have stories that need to be told. We have young people in our buildings. Um, and your books should books. be in adoption agencies. You know yeah. what I mean? That your books would be great in the, in the group homes where the kids are so they can read them and they can say, you know, see that they're waiting. Right. But they see a person who look at all your achievements. And that's something that I often, and I don't know if I've paid attention to this, that do you know the majority of successful people were adopted? Mm. Have you done that research? Have you paid attention? I know, to that? There, I know there are a lot that are. It's yes, a I lot. And, I, and, a lot. I, and I think, I, I always say, wow, I wonder how did that become? And I say, you know what? And, and the majority of adopted children are very bright, very successful. That's that part. You yeah. know, it's and like kids a, need to understand that it's not the end of your, right. you know, it's not the end of the world. It, it is very tough and it's even tougher when you're talking about foster homes and groups homes and things of that nature. But there are a number of people, like you said, who who've made a success and, and continue to move on in life. Yeah. And that, maybe it would be nice. But, you know, and, and a lot of people do talk about it. they mm -hmm. talk about it. A lot of celebrities, actors, singers act. And it would be nice, you know, for these kids to see that. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because just like you said, it's a hush. Yeah, yeah. That's and the so other side is, is, is a lot of the work that I do is with adoptive parents as well, because oh, there's the things that they're not really sure how to ask, what to ask, what their child may be thinking. So a, a lot of the volunteer work I do is with adoptive parents. And I, I've been an open book. I go to, um, we have adoption and foster 101 classes quarterly for people who are interested in adopting. Nice. And just being there as a, as a voice to share, you know, there's gonna be ups and downs with adoption. Um, but, you know, to share some of those things that adoptive parents may want to know as their kids are transitioning from, you know, children to adolescents into the teen years, mm. you know, it's just kind of be open and open book with them. And they've been very receptive, which has been great. And, and one thing I love about the group that I work with, Miriam's Heart is in um, New Jersey as well. Mm. They, they're, they're honest. Yeah, it's, it's not a piece of cake. It, it, it is, yeah. it does take work. But just like raising your biological children, that takes work too. Yes, there's some does. things that you have to do. Um, and there's some struggles you're gonna come across. Uh, and it's all about learning some of those parenting skills too. So after you singing Joy, which book came next? 
Or was that, it? Those are the three. The others behind me are just some of the resources that I use. There's a book called Adoption Reunions. That was a book that was recommended to me by um, actually the legislative lead in the state of New Jersey. She said, here, I want you to read this before your reunion. Nice. Um, and as I started reading it, it, it's broken down into three sections, one section for the birth parent, one section for the adoptive parent, and another section for the adoptee. It's called Adoption Reunions. Wow. And as I read it, I was like, wow, because it was telling me going through the search going through the search, preparing for the reunion, going into the reunion, and then after the reunion, it gave you all those phases of things you're gonna feel, things that I never even thought about. Um, so there, I could flip to the section to see what I would feel as an adoptee, then I could go back to the section to see what my adopted mom might feel, what my adoptive dad might feel, what my birth mom would might feel, what my birth dad would feel. And one thing that I really picked up from that book was that going through a reunion while it's very exciting and even you know the whole church and the theatrics and all that other stuff there's a lot of pain that people that are gonna that's gonna surface yes. and there's pain for the birth mother who's going to go back to that time when she relinquished her rights of her child Hi. there's pain for the adoptive parents who are going to go through their own you know flashbacks or things that that they were dealing with their, during the time of my adoption and all that could be going on in people's minds during this reunion after the reunion um, but just being mindful as an adoptee that although this everybody was a part of this for me but that i had to be cognizant of their feelings going through all that right that i i just couldn't think about just me um, but i also had to be mindful of the place that everybody else was in so as i flipped through that and i saw that it had three separate for chapters for everybody the educator emmy said send that book to everybody so i sent it all to all of them and gave I, them all their own copy i said you know you don't have to read it from front to back but if you would before our reunion flip through and just find something land on it and give it give it some thought read it through and they all did so i was very happy with that so when i did meet go no ahead. go ahead no, when ahead. I did meet my birth mother, again, that was in her church, that was in February. Again, the legislation celebration was January, early January. I got my original birth certificate late January. Mid-February was my first support group meeting, and the very next day was when I met my birth mother in church. Wow. A month after that was when I met my birth father at my adopted father's house. My oldest daughter coordinated this family game night and so we had we had games we had all kinds of getting to know you games invited some close family and friends and just spent the time not only getting to know them but having them get to know the people who who've been around and a part of my life wow really so. nice did you do you have any website like a website you can share yeah yeah my website is finding joy and that's joy with an i FindingJoy.us, and I say I use US because adoption involves all of us. Well, so FindingJoy.us, and I'm on all social media as, as Finding Joy Renee, R-E-J-O-I-R-E-N-E-E. -E -E. And you will also find her on MohaniLove.com, along with this interview, her information. If you forget, you go, let me just go there. Yeah. And um, let's talk about it. Talk about it when it comes to things like adoption. You, it's something people don't think about when it's not their experience. Even if they hear it happens to somebody, it's like, oh, I'm so, you know, I'm sorry, or I'm happy that whatever. But you don't think about it anymore. And maybe if right. we all try to be mindful 
and and give it a thought we could we can build this up to so it's not a secret right no it's, it goes back to that hush anything you gotta hush is stuff you hide is you mm-hmm. know with, with joyce telling everybody now is that you don't have to hide that let's talk about it let's talk about it yeah now, thank you so much for being on my show joy thank it, you thank it you it was a joy <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me enjoy your night all right you too Bye. Bye. <laughs>